pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Hey, OKBs, greetings. Welcome back to your Kinetic Blade podcast for manifesting the abundant life, the rich life, the happy, joyous, prosperous, healthy life. I'm so glad that all you guys are back with us today. I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad Miss Maggie is back. If you would like to receive an occasional <laughs> encouraging text message, from me, text the word Kinetic to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website, and you can also follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. So if we don't drop one yesterday, you'll know to go and look at it or listen to an older one. And you'll also know not to miss a new one. Oh, Video also. Uh, the, uh, from the KB Cam is now available on the website as well. Yes. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello, sir. And speaking of video on the KB Cam, we have an exciting new link. So if you do want to share the podcast video with someone, they just have to go to LOA.show. Isn't that cool? Easy L- to, rem- easy LOA to remember. LOA.show. LOA. Yeah. That's, that's pretty. I can I can get that. I'll take them straight to the podcast. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm Trying to tame my my hair down here today. It's, hair looks great as always. Feels very fluffy. Nothing nothing tames hair like a set of headphones though. I mean, <laughs> That's true. You, you, Squish it down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just put on the headset. That's true. How are you today? You very look cool. dapper. Really? Your vest. Well, I'm excited about our big big weekend coming up. Another one here it comes. I was thinking. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> I was. I was thinking. <laughs> We've not played chess in a while. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's actually true. I love I love a good game of chess with you because oh. because I I taught you how to play and not that long ago. <laughs> You're still teaching me <laughs> so, how to play, right? No, I do. But why don't we build a fire this evening and at mm. least at least start up the gas fireplace? Oh man! And uh, is it too early for eggnog? No. Is it too late? For, is, is it ever? <laughs> is eggnog it, is just on time. Is it really? Sure. Do you even like eggnog? Um, it depends. Kind of sweet, isn't it? It's a little sweet, and I have to have the the right stomach for it. Are there? <laughs> there, there are probably different recipes for so. eggnog. I, I, I prefer, really though. Know. I have to say, I prefer a toddy. Eggnog toddy? Toddy? No, just a toddy. It's oh, <laughs> a completely eggnog. separate situation. <laughs> well, don't really do the alcohol to, to speak of, but eggnog. I guess you drink eggnog without alcohol, right? Um, I don't know. Well, you're supposed to know these things. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're the cook. I'm not the eggnog connoisseur. <laughs> anyway, I just I guess what it is is it's starting to turn cool here in the the Rockies, and it'll be snowing soon. You just want soon. something cozy and warm. I want a fire. I want chess to, and a, a, a cozy drink. That sounds mm-hmm. amazing, actually. Play a game of chess on a blanket by the fire. Yeah. Or, unless you would rather play Monopoly. You know, it's funny. I have to em- employ extra. Um, strategy when we play chess. It's not just about the strategy on the board. I have to somehow distract you away from the board to have even a chance of not losing Ah, quickly. You're pretty good. But what about Monopoly? Monopoly. I don't want to hate on Monopoly because what if someone's listening? They just love Monopoly. Well, don't Monopoly. hate on it then. Monopoly. But I have you, no, I have nothing good to say about Monopoly. Do you want if you when you play? Do you have a preference? I mean, do you want to be the doggy or the shoe <laughs> or the the top hat? All or? I know is that when I play Monopoly and you're into like <laughs> hour like, three, I don't even know. I I become a monster. A, a monster. <laughs> 
Do you, I mean, you just ready to move on, right? Oh, I just assume everyone's cheating, you know, and <laughs> it just becomes very ugly. I don't know, but it, it is that getting to be that time of year where games by the fireplace mm. or in the corner. Fun. That does sound cozy, doesn't it? Or just it? a book. I just, you know, maybe we'll oh, just read a book. That and, sounds fabulous. And have a cool glass of water. Forget the eggnog. <laughs> Let's keep well, I have, on the up I have up. no egg, eggnog segue here, so I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, Sasha has written in. <laughs> Hi, Sasha. Oh, Sasha. Do, do you like eggnog? Um, but she wrote in and she's asking us. She says, I'm working through my second journal. Whoa, that's a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. one journal is quite the accomplishment. So to dive in again, that's exciting. She says, my, I'm working on my second journal and my husband and I listen to the podcast together, but we were discussing how difficult it is to stay positive when there's so much bad news right now. Do you have any suggestions? Great question. Mm. Lots of suggestions <laughs> uh, and, and really good question. There is a lot of bad news and anybody looking for it, you're going to find it, but Sasha, there are millions of people around the world right now that are mesmerized by the news, by uh, watching television. In fact, Maggie, you and I, we were in a cafe just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned to me that while waiting in line, you overheard three different, I think you said three different groups of people excited by text messages that they were getting and that they were sending. Yes. And, and they were, probably the word is uh, stimulated. <laughs> <laughs> they were stimulated, sort of stimulated yeah. by by the news, yeah. But you said they were talking about who's sick and who's been sick or who's going to get sick next from from the pandemic and, yeah. and COVID and all that. It's as if every single conversation I was overhearing was sickness centric. You know, everyone that's all that's all that's any on anyone's brain is is the idea of being ill or hospitalized mm. or or sick. Yeah. Well, we hear it every we overhear it all the time and. It's difficult to have a conversation with anybody without them immediately wanting to go to the negative, go to the bad news. The negative. Here's the deal. Uh, Sasha, is that what the, the name? Sasha? Yes, Sasha. correct. The, the, the negative side of any relationship, and, and of course you mentioned news, but the negative, the negative is, of course, more easily recognizable as dysfunctional mm. than positive. There's a brokenness that comes with a negative um, report, negative news, negative stories, negative conversations. It's it's the it's also the negative that typically gets the attention that draws a crowd of conversation. Well, for example, I can't think of. Uh, I'm sure I maybe if I really <laughs> meditated on it, but why don't why can't we uh, think of a conversation we overheard that was positive? Mm-hmm. It draws the crowd. The negative is like, oh no, what? What are they? What? Who's sick? Yeah. What's happening? What's on fire? And, and those things. So it, and it's also easier to recognize the source of negativity in social media and news outlets and mm-hmm. even other people, um, than it is to see the negative in yourself. Um, often people will complain about the negative around them, not realizing that they are perpetuators of the negative thing, whatever it is. Mm. Bad news circulars are for the purpose of controlling people. It is a means that justifies the end. And understanding the end result of where what news, bad news is going to produce is the only thing that will invalidate the means. In other words, 
that will result in a person choosing to no longer participate in that uh, perpetual cycle of handing off the baton of fear-filled thought forms. You know, everything that you've taught us about the ego and how it works and what it likes to feed on, it makes me think that, you know, a big news story or something like a COVID 19 situation um that it's not just a morsel for the for the ego but it almost feels like it's a huge uh, feast for for the ego well that's probably a good way to look at it because it produces so many different things it's a smorgasbord of sorts because anything that's rooted in fear produces sicknesses it produces possessiveness jealousy control depression Mm. it attracts the thing that's feared in some kind of representative uh, form and it is a it is the highest level of manipulation, mm. fear is. It produces criticisms. It produces judgments and blame, attack, anger. It provokes even physical violence. So the consumption of fear in the world as it is produces the intensity in the individual of an addiction. The same thing as any kind of an addiction. So you just said the consumption of fear, and that really hit me hard because we always think of fear as something that we're producing or being allowed to produce within ourselves. But this idea that we're actually bringing it from the outside in is a whole other um, you know, spectrum facet really of understanding fear well it's a product it's an egoic product and it can come from with it can come from the individual to promote from uh as a fix for an addiction or you can go out there and get it from somewhere else and just uh, repeat it Mm. people are on a high when the drug of a bad of bad news is available it produces a high of sorts but when the possibility that something bad isn't happening uh, is there there is a fear of loss of the purpose of being uh, that comes from being negatively excited and that stimulant is removed and a person becomes a little saddened until they can find the next alarm bell. Mm. So by choosing what you will give access to, and here's the key, you choose your attractions. And, and I'll tell you that there's nothing more addicted to the desire of higher consciousness than that of the love of life and the life that love produces. All the beautiful life that there is, all it needs is a chance to go to your dance, to dance with it, an invitation to come in and and you say, you know what, I am not going to tolerate anything that is fear-based. I'm not going to tolerate worry. I'm not going to tolerate doubts and fear of any kind. And I'm going to protect myself from the mental constructs that all that brings with it, the thought forms that it produces and the anxiety that it produces. And I am going to choose rather to to dance with life and love and happiness and joy and the fruit of all of that. I love how it almost feels like you're telling us that we can alter our cravings. We can alter our tastes. It makes me think about, you know, when you go off sugar, um, it's very hard at first, but then all of a sudden you, you know, you eat a strawberry for the first time and you've been off sugar for two weeks and that strawberry (laughs) explodes in your mouth and it wouldn't have before but it's almost as if we need a fear detox so that we can now move into and 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 relish and enjoy the the things that we're meant to detox and that's so true because if you start your day with a donut and end it with a bowl of ice cream there's no way a strawberry is going to do much for you (laughs) 
it, it's just maybe right. garnish on a sandwich or something. But the reason why life can be so intensely romanticized is that the experiences that it manifests liberates you from the addiction of the terrorism of bad news. Mm. Uh, to detox from those the sweetness of those toxicities produces a... Uh, it liberates you from bad news or the desire for it or to even create it. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, a dance of enlightenment that ends the um, uh, exacerbation of the human condition, which is in the perpetual, unenlightened, unredeemed state of being. And that's really what it is. It's just you're not awakened to the the better quality of life. So stimulant is an addiction where are you going to get it if you're if you are asleep if you're unawakened you're going to get it from bad news you're already painting such a full picture of of understanding for us and i can feel the revelation knowledge happening you know you can feel it accumulating already because I just love that you're acknowledging for us and you're making us aware that, look, fear is a stimulant and we do need that. We are thrivers. We are survivors. We're overcomers. We're built to to do these things and to overcome a thing. But sort of pointing that need and pointing that, um, you know, that that original source identity in the right direction is possible because you know just to say fear not that's such a shallow mm-hmm. understanding of of what just we stop need yes yeah, stop. stop quit, quit. <laughs> right <laughs> thanks go. a lot right <laughs> so helpful so but yeah. yeah recognize knowledge is so imperative it, and it's the beginning of ending the addiction mm-hmm. and knowing that there is more there's far more and the essence of the light that is within manifests a lifetime of enjoyment from within the dance of delight for those who are willing to sacrifice all of the pains of terror. And that's what it is. It's a stimulant because you feel it. And it's exciting. It's, it, it excites the the nature of the ego for there to be a sense of pain either, either within yourself or within others, not in a, a way that is um, sought after willingly. But it's sought after to feed the ego, to mm. feed the pain, to feed the the terror that perpetuates the addiction. And it, it sounds so ominous that, of course, <laughs> who wouldn't want to be free from terror? But I'm telling you, you'd be absolutely surprised. Just look at the world and the amount of bad news that there is shows you that there's an appetite for it. Mm. Happiness, happiness requires the intention for happiness. In the exact same yeah. way that peace requires the pressure, it requires an expectation for it. It requires the space for someone to apply a belief for happiness to even manifest and to show up, which is creative pressure for the substance of peace to to manifest, for peace to be, even emerge. I love that you keep referring to this this new way of stepping into positive stimulation as a dance, because it does like give you that. a new mm-hmm. sense and a fresh sense other than maybe meditation. You know, instead of... Uh, turning away from fear and slowing down. We're just turning away from fear and we're keeping all of that intense energy and directing it toward a higher purpose, which um, that really speaks to me as as someone who, you know, has trouble sitting still and, and calming myself. So, you know, where can all of this pent up energy even go? Well, you know, I see a harmony in dance and of course being a former 
uh, a ballroom dancer. There, there's a beauty to the waltz, right? And yeah. the, the synchronicity that comes from a couple that's just mm-hmm. enjoying the experience of a waltz together. Yeah. And I see really that is so, so... Um, perfect of an example of what it means to be spiritually putting pressure on the the qualities of abundance and the blossoming of your higher life, the essence of life, manifesting into this life. Mm. There's a dance that is required for those those things to show up. The highest qualities of life that you and I discuss are not circumstantial. I mean, they are, they are developed from the precursor of expectations for abundant living that we go to our journals for. We articulate our expectations in the journal, and we do Mm. it daily. And we look at that as the blueprint for what we absolutely not only expect to see, but we put a demand on it. Mm. And by putting a demand on the higher quality of the essence of our abundant living to show up in our lives, we accept nothing less. We We don't accept the bad news because... It, it's not a qualifier for our expectations. You no, know, it's interesting. We were discussing um, consuming good nutrition, eating very healthy this morning, and you you made an interesting statement. You talked about how when you're eating at your best and you're fueling your physical body at, at its highest level, that you're doing it in a very intuitive way. And I loved that word because I think it fits perfectly with what you just said, that as we go through this process, it's not haphazard. We're not just throwing all the ingredients in, shaking it up, hoping for the best. Every single word, every thought, every action is purpose-driven and also wildly intuitive to to keep leading us down the path that that we really want to be on. Well, again, it's those expectations. Yeah. And, and through journaling, you're really putting a glaze on your in- intuition for the quality of life that you expect to see show up in your life. And mm. you, the lens for living uh, comes from within rather than looking out and observing how bad things are supposed to be. You don't observe or listen to the bad news and then go to your journal and write down, well, this sucks and that sucks. And so I can expect this to happen next month because (laughs) of what's happening over there. That's, that is not, that's not the lens for living. About six years ago, the National Gallery Museum of Art held an exhibition of what has been described as paintings from one of the happiest painters in the entire world. And it was Veronese. And uh, in fact, this was the first time that any gallery, major gallery, had taken. I think they had 50 different paintings of his that they put on display at the time. And he's, he's little known, actually. But Bavronese was a painter from back in the 1500s and had established his career at the time when there was, think about it, there was the Inquisition, mm-hmm. which he was called before for one of his paintings. I think he had painted the, his version of The Last Supper. And had put several Germans into the painting, one of them with a nosebleed and another one with doing something else. And so they called him up and with demanding an explanation as to why he inserted these these other characters. And, and he said, I'm just a lowly painter. I don't know. It, it, was, it was madness, I guess. So he and they, they gave him three months to fix the painting. And and to at his own expense, but the story is that he just went back and retitled it instead of the Last Supper. He called it something else, and <laughs> the supper, and they and they forgot about it. <laughs> but the Inquisition was was going on at the time. They had the burning of books, massive crop failure throughout Europe. 
prolific disease. He painted portraits of life when the the life expectancy for women then was 49 years. Life was cruel. It was extremely hard. It was very, very difficult. And there was, you talk about bad news. I don't know that there would have been uh, hardly any good news during his lifetime. Even so, Varanasi painted from within his higher self. He painted from where there was an abundance of happiness and joy and, and, and that was authentically attracted from within his essence of higher living. And so he was doing something at that time that no other painters were doing. And it's been said of him that, of, of Veronese, that uh, never did an artist take a greater delight in life, seeing it all as a kind of, uh, as they said, a breezy festival. Imagine, during the mid, middle 1500s, life is a breezy festival? He, he was he he was the happiest of painters, and and he produced the happiest pictures in the world. Well, what made his paintings appear to be so happy? Why was why was everything a breezy festival to him? Why did what was he communicating? How was he doing that? Well, he was painting during the same era of Michelangelo's uh, Terra Bellata and Leonardo's intellectual, his, his, all of, of course, his books show how restless, intellectually restless Leonardo was at this time. And it was partly due to the constant onslaught of all the bad news mm. of that time. But through art, what we have now, Maggie, is we've got a fingerprint of the mood of that time, which is really fascinating. Yes. Because here was... In 1550, a happy artist in the midst of news of all kinds of trouble, and he was happy. How do we know? Because he was mixing gold paint with pearls and rubies and emeralds and sapphires. sapphires. And, and it was said that you know his paintings were of the best quality and very, very vibrant and the purest and almost perfect, brightly painted diamonds. Mm-hmm. And the, the vibrancy of his paintings during, the, during this time was unlike any others. And to flavor his paintings, he was scattering all of these flowers and they said just most gently throughout his paintings. And the flowers were all coming from, in his paintings, the East, with all of the most beautiful things that nature could have made with the colors that he was using. And so here, while the genius of all these other artists and painters had their own distinctive um, attributes that you know people were marveling over, Veronese's was his palette that he was using. And so from within, he chose to dance with the higher essence of all that was good in 1550. And his lens for living was filled with the brightness of love and the the hues of light and the colors of the good news of abundant living. And so on the other end of the creative spectrum, uh, the ego, what happens is it promotes bad news. Crisis, tragedy, and one might have said to uh, Verona, "Say, how can you paint with such bright colors? Haven't you heard? Disease is killing people. People are dying all over the world. There's a war coming to Europe, and and haven't you heard? The crops aren't are are not thriving. They're not making it out of the fields. There's not enough food to feed everybody. Hmm. The spread of bad news, a fear of any kind." By making the phone call, by having the conversation, 
um, making the te- reading the texts and and, send, and sending that on to other people, the bad news, reading all of that, um, the news of the day, the telling of the stories that promote worry and and um, promote fear and doubt. All of that is the ego unconsciously hoping that a crisis of any kind, or at the very least, the threat of a crisis is going to manipulate enough punishment on other people to induce other people to change their behavior, to change their vote, to change the way that they spend money, to change the way that they live, and to change what they talk about and and even what they dream about. Wow. Um, What a profound story. And something that stood out to me above all of the other notables is is that you told us he, he was painting, he's creating from a place where the joy and the hope and the positivity was limitless. And it makes me wonder, should we see our existence as multidimensional and we can insert ourselves anywhere we choose and genuinely have that life experience? Um, there's the, the obviously the physical realm and dimension that we can can live in and sort of adhere to and commit to. Or there's this, there's this kinetic belief dimension and we can fully immerse ourselves in that and and th- I guess they're all real according to what we're we're experiencing is that correct the have knowledge that there is a duplicit nature that exists within a, a couple of different realms mm. however see that you only have the singularity of one realm where all is well Live through that lens, recognize that there's a duplicit nature, but see the one mm-hmm. by choice. The, uh, the addiction to bad news comes from the ego's refusal to move through its own suffering in the realm of suffering, in the realm of death, destruction, decay. Mm-hmm. And, and this is true for every kind of negative addiction. And it begins with a desire to stop suffering, by the way. And and the the desire to stop suffering by applying some kind of an addiction to remove the suffering, it just ends with more suffering. You cannot fix the ego with the ego. Mm-hmm. You cannot uh, remove yourself from the realm of the lower lower nature of self by operating from the realm of the lower nature of self. And, and this is why if you watch the news, Maggie, one bad story will be milked and until it can be replaced with another. Yeah. It'll go on for two weeks on, on the networks until something else comes along, or at least the promise of some kind of other another fix. Well, that's that, that last part there, that you just said that a moment, a moment ago as well, and that hit me really hard, this idea that so much of the bad news is just the prediction that something could happen. And that's mind-blowing. You know, this is, I mean, there, we're not even at the point anymore where, where we're hearing about things that are actively occurring in the physical world. It's just hypothetical. And it's even getting people to attract it mm-hmm. in and, and put their belief into it. 90% of bad news is hypothetical. And it is just the, the threat of terror of more bad news. And Because here's what happens. And the addiction is this, that ratings for television news newscasts will even begin to to drop once the euphoria of a crisis has become old news. Mm. The ego, the the lower self, has a life of its own, and it requires fuel. It has to be fed. Fuel can be anything that consumes the hope of life. 
And there is nothing more readily available than the false promise of some kind of a looming disaster, the hypothetical of one, the imagination of destructiveness, the threat of the bad, the promise of more decay, the curse of poverty, the lack of money, the threat of sickness and death, and and like you were saying the other day, the return of the clown. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what we need right now. Isn't it? (laughs) For the clowns to come back. I have a question about... um, News, bad news, negativity. So obviously there's a lot swirling around that when we see it and we consider it, we we think there is literally nothing I could do about that. There is not one thing that I could actively participate in to fix that seeming problem that's presenting itself. Um, However, what about the things that maybe we could fix or that we could help? Or obviously there's a lot of suffering in the world. And so how do we dictate to ourselves what will take in or what we'll become aware of and then what we even engage engage in. Uh, compassionate efforts and deeds don't require bad news. The only kind of news that should you should be responding to would be if there's a fire coming up the hill and you need to get out of the house. And that is circumstantial, factual news that's going to affect you to where an action's required. Everything else um, glass breaking on the other side of the planet because of an earthquake. There's nothing you can do about it. And so we don't consume the negative energetics of that by imagining what it would be like to have glass breaking in our home. Mm. Because, look, in a world where compassion responds to needs, here's what happens. The positive sustenance of life is often given where it's not been spiritually called for, where there's no alignment for it, where there's not an attraction for it. And so there's a brokenness where compassion's responding where it should not be responding. Mm. And so it's it's moving in with with um with gifts to in response to a, a negative imagination, rather than being attracted by the like kind quantum substance of life, of love, of happiness, and positivity, there are tribes in various places in the world right now of people that have true needs of hunger, where and and we've been there. And they're, they are happy. They're full of life. They're full of light and love. And they're working hard to, to take care of themselves where gifts of kindness and love and sustenance and food and clothing are certainly part of the attraction of that light. And the energetics for attracting more is, is evident. But when things are wrongly given compassionately to a space of negativity, what happens is you now have you've become an enabler for the one who's addicted to the terrorism of bad news. And so what they do is they develop in the discipline of spreading more bad news for Mm. gain. In other words, they learn that their unhappiness, intentional unhappiness will buy them what they want as long as there is a compassionate enabler. Whoa. So this is huge because if you do have that philanthropic spirit and you have a spirit of compassion towards others, many times it sort of just erupts out of you and lands on anything in need that moves. And so you're giving us a, a higher way, a higher understanding of how we need to approach need and even distributing the additional surplus that the universe is inevitably going to give us if we desire to help others. But not but knowing that not just all need is need. It's I love this idea that we we need to be intuitive. We have to be aware of what is attracting 
the the gift that we're that we're ready to give because if if we're not aware of that what you just said is so powerful it's going to be squandered it could even be harmful and so just knowing where to put those energies is what a powerful powerful revelation well and you're asking what can we do about bad news and how do we choose what to consume and what not to and what to pay attention to and what not to and this is really the beginning of changing that because look if the thinking mind the egoic pretender didn't believe that fear worked for sustaining the egoic life, then it would not fabricate bad news or disseminate it. Mm. There wouldn't be an audience for it. The, the ego requires, for the stories that it tells and the lies that it believes, the ego requires a Paul Revere to ride like the wind, warning of an impending invasion. Otherwise, Without the frantic warning of some encroaching black cloud, the ego would just cease to exist. Mm. It would dissolve into the, the, the quantum waveform of thoughts where it came from, drifting aimlessly looking for someone else to devour. So are we allowed to be what most people would call uninformed? I mean, is that okay? Is it really okay to go through life? And because I think it's such a... Um, a, a cultural teaching that's it's that's deeply deeply embedded in us um and i don't think it's just western culture i think it's probably global at this point that you need to know what's going on you need to be aware it's part of your your duty or you you just need to because it's part of your existence here on this earth oh yeah you do want to know what's going on but what's going on is the higher state of consciousness the lower state of the ego is going nowhere mm. so you do want to know what's going on and that is love and light and peace joy Joy, happiness, prosperity, abundance, the full life, the blessed life. Wow. Because what's not going on is terror. And the terror of fear must be believed in order to exist, to continue on. Wow. And it will come to an end. It will not continue on. It sounds like you want us to make sure that we're adding this to our journaling as far as reprogramming. Because... This is a big one. We, we are steeped in the idea, in the traditional idea, that the atrocities are the most real thing. But we, mm. what mm. you're telling us is that the most real thing is the highest eternal self that, that will never corrupt. And it will go on and on and on beyond anything that's happening in the moment. Yeah, what I'm saying is you do want to be informed by the good news of your eternal existence. You want to be informed by the the uh, alignment of what's possible through uh, believing the higher essence of yourself. Wow. Bad news must be entertaining to someone if it is to occupy their thoughts. Right. Uh, bad news needs a stage in order to exist. And the playbill for the theatrics of terror must be believed before the cast of characters are ever allowed to perform. And so what I'm saying is refuse to show up for the show, refuse to ask for more, refuse to uh, stand up and give an ovation so they'll come back out to center stage and tell you more. Refuse to take center stage yourself. And if you, by refusing to do those things, you will absolutely attract the abundant life to replace what has been filled up by the negative energetics of bad news. And so the energy and the power of the truth of your genius, it flourishes 
when you love yourself to become bold enough, brave enough, and courageous enough to say no to anyone and anything that attempts to dazzle you with the negative egoic imaginings, but only you are responsible for breaking the addiction. No one else can do this for you, but let your emphatic, uh, your emphatic no come from within higher insight and not from some kind of an emotional reaction because you listen to this podcast. Let it come from a conscious knowing of what is right for you in the space of your moment. Something really exciting about what everything you just took us through is that it's it's helping us reevaluate the value system for light and and positivity and projecting that into the physical world. I think all the time about some whoever decided, you know, at the beginning of, of World War II, they just sat up and decided to make um, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and, you know, there is a deep and lasting and eternal value to being that light projection, no matter what the, the circumstances are. And I, and I like that because sometimes I think we're taught that it's frivolous and that art is frivolous and art is just a luxury. But these things and light and projecting light, it's, it's a necessity and especially if you're a kinetic believer. You know, most people that I've talked to and I've asked before, could you imagine what life in heaven would look like? What would you talk about? Mm-hmm. What kind of conversations would you have if there was no suffering and no destruction? If there were no bad news, what kind of conversations would you have in this place? And so if you use that as a litmus with daily living here in the land of the living, ask yourself, is this a conversation that I would have in a place called heaven? And if the answer is no, bail. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't involve yourself in it because yeah. that is not the stuff of, of the abundant life. Anyone that is not enjoying the dance of their delight, flourishing in the substance of life and all that is good, unconsciously attempts to get power and energy from whomever they can, Mm -hmm. and they will get it from you when they recognize that you're in the light and and that you are in the love of high vibrational energetics. Would you say that heaven is really a, a representation of the higher consciousness that we're trying to connect with and live from? All the time. The idea of heaven absolutely is because that's where it's constructed from. And, you know, we are advancing toward perfected completion. And that's what that means in a place in a, where the, the struggles of the ego no longer exist. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's imperative again. And I want to keep going back to this because this is how we deal with it. This is where we put pressure on it. Mm-hmm is we put pressure on ourselves to change ourselves to not be underneath the the um, the ego that's trying to present you with the worry and doubt and fears of the world today because if you get somebody for example you get the phone call and if you argue with them that's trying to present you with some bad news if you fight against them if you try to correct them you'll become unconscious like them And as a result of being unconscious like them, you're underneath your own egoic reasonings now. But you resist by standing your positive ground, by refusing to leave your dance for the party (laughs) of addiction. And so whatever you're listening to or whatever it is that you're watching, you are, look at it this way, you're communing with it. You're consuming it. It's becoming part of you. You cannot opt out of that. And, And it happens whether you want it to or not. And so in in the same way that you cannot eat some type of food like we were talking about this morning without ingesting it, you cannot consider 
and observe the mental constructs of fearful negative news without it affecting your inner space. It becomes you. And even if you're vegging out, just watching bad news on television and you're not even thinking about it, you're just... You know, munching on your, you're eating your popcorn and you're just staring at the television, just watching. The stories that are being told are still aligning with the collective consciousness. And you're imagining now to attract, even if you're not consciously aware of what you're doing, you're connected to the negative collective power of belief by default. I would love us to um, offer, you know, a, an alternative news cycle at the end of our podcast you know i can hear the intro music and you come in and it says you know today in higher consciousness everything's perfect but we're doing that back, right back to you <laughs> that is, this is the news of the day yes tune in that, that's so true breaking news and in the same way that you are consuming the good news of this podcast it, if you're watching the bad news you're you're still like a sponge and you're absorbing yes. negative thoughts through images and manipulation of collective opinion you know politicians and and all the special interest groups they know this yes in fact billions of dollars are spent to reach you when you're in a state of unaware receptiveness and as a result, controlling factions, they will use fear yeah. and they use whatever threats that they can conjure to manipulate your thoughts, to break your will, to induce an egoic uh, coma of no resistance. I love, I just feel myself getting more and more excited about all of the concepts that you're giving us today because we can absolutely take them and carry them forward with us and use them. And I also feel like you're giving us permission to be happy, permission to be... Uh, you know, sort of the the crazy hippie um, that that goes through life only only experiencing the beautiful and the positive and the and the light filled because the world is trying to convince us that if you're not serious and you're not really taking it seriously and you don't catch the evening news that you don't have value or that you have been duped. But it's quite the opposite um, in understanding that we are the enlightened, we are the awakened. And we live as such because we know more and we know the higher way. And I really want from the bottom of my heart for people to see that bad news is food for the ego. There is a substance to energy that comes from bad news, from the terrorism of fear. And so when you're sharing bad news, when you're listening to it, when you're talking about it, I don't it doesn't matter what it is. It could be just the fear of, of catching a virus. But when you're talking about it, you already know there's a virus. You already know what you should do or should not do. But if you continue in it and you continue talking about it, you continue to text about it, and you fall, you fall beneath the higher consciousness when you do that wow. in order to participate in it. The higher consciousness does not participate in that. And so you have to leave higher consciousness to go over there to participate in it. And the addiction is that it creates some relief to the egoic mind, and it validates the out-of-control impending doom and death. Even when there is a, a notable fatigue realized from an addiction, you reach for the remote control, for example, to turn the TV off. And what do you do? You start channel surfing through all of the channels, just trying to find another fix before you turn it off. Or you try to put down your phone while you have a quiet dinner. What do you do? 
in just a couple of minutes, you still glance occasionally at it, looking for the next interruption. Whatever it takes, what I'm saying, to ignore the voice of invitation, the whisper from within inviting you uh, to participate in the ego, say no to it and say, no, I don't have time. It's not on my calendar today. I've got this dance of light and love that I'm running a little late for. <laughs> Something that you said when we were discussing this yesterday, and it was I found it to be uh, just wildly practical, which I love because you can easily infuse that into understanding in your everyday life. And you said, you know, you said as an exercise, take a, a piece of negative news and imagine that you never became aware of it. And mm-hmm. now how is your life different? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what's different about your life? And I guess I guess the point is that the only thing that's different is that you're not carrying around that burden of knowing and the burden of fear. It doesn't actually change what you're doing. That's a great point. And it's a, it's a quick litmus, isn't it? Yeah. Um, whatever political persuasion you may be of and, and look back over the last, uh, I don't know, couple of decades. And maybe when a, a party of opposition was in the White House in, in the United States, now, imagine if you didn't know that that person had been president. Let's say you never turned on the television for the entire time that they were in the White House. You had no knowledge about what they were saying or doing or what they were being uh, accused of or not accused of, whatever it is. You knew nothing about that. Mm. How would your life be different today? Well, imagine if you could get back all of the hours, all of the time spent fretting and worrying and complaining about what you were being told. How would your life be different? See, that's just a great example, like you're pointing out. Because, look, the lies, the lies of bad news, which is what it is, are the deceitful weapons of terror that threaten and they intimidate you. They are the prison bars that lock individuals up in sickness and in poverty, in fear and strife and arguments. But the revelation of the truth of unconditional love will set anybody free to begin attracting and to start manifesting whatever it is that they can think of or imagine. The way that you just described uh, all of that, it, it gave me the sense that this is putting the focus back on yourself. And ultimately, this is unconditionally loving, unconditionally loving yourself first, which, as you've taught us for many, many, many hours on this podcast, that is the secret. That is the key. That is the key to succeeding. It's the key to good relationships. It's the key to ultimate happiness is unconditionally loving yourself first. And this is yet another way to achieve that. Right. Because your original self, the unconditional love for your original self, the person of you that came into the world fearlessly wanting to live, just wanting to live. Mm -hmm. That is your true self. That is the person of your highest self. Anais Nin wrote in her novel, she said in the, uh, I believe it was the four-chambered heart, she said, I must be a mermaid, Rango. (laughs) I have no fear of depths and a great fear of shallow living. Mm. You don't want to be a shallow liver and have a shallow life, which is the result of being uh, uh, under the fearful optics of bad news. Mm. It produces shallow living. Never worry. Listen. Never again worry about becoming anything. Simply just relax into unbecoming everything, including the bad news of the day. Unbecome that. Mm. 
and allow the awareness of all things being well to ignite the power of your inexhaustible creative ability to paint with the hues of bright colors and to rise above the noise of the world. And I'll tell you this, that your fearless, positive identity, that's never hard work, but the abundance of life is certainly a courageous work. Speaking of work, let's work on some highest viewpoints here. Just just say this. Say, I am unconditionally in love. Hey, I am unconditionally in love. With who I was uniquely, beautifully created to be. With who I was uniquely and beautifully created to be. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to tell you something. I have no desire to hear any bad news. I have no desire to hear any bad news. And so I cast down all bitterness. So I cast down all bitterness. All anger and resentment. All anger and resentment. And strife and unforgiveness. And strife and unforgiveness. And now, and now, I am free to be positively me. I am free to be positively me. I am so strong. I'm so strong. And I'm beautiful. And I am beautiful. And I am courageous. And I am courageous. And a river of love is flowing through the universe directly through me now. A river mm. of love is flowing through the universe directly to me now. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. I'm not interested in bad news. I'm not interested in bad news. I don't want to hear any bad reports. I don't want to hear any bad reports. I don't want to listen to any threat. News. I don't want to listen to any threatening news. Because it's not interesting to me. It's not interesting to me. And I release my fears. I release my fears. And gratefully expect. And I gratefully expect. All that my best life must become. All that my best life must become. To become. To become. Right now. Right now. On this spectacular day. On this spectacular day. I am attracting a great wealth of abundance. I am attracting a great wealth of abundance. And I'll never respond in anger. I'm never going to respond in anger. And I'm not going to share any bad news with you. And I'm not going to share any bad news with you. Because I have a great reverent respect for peace. Because I have a great and reverent respect for peace. While I'm attracting the abundance of love. While I am attracting the abundance of love. And joy and happiness to me. And joy and happiness to me. And I am learning. I am learning. And I am growing. And I am growing. As a kinetic believer. As a kinetic believer. Every day. Every day. And I'm advancing. And I'm advancing. In the abundance of love for me. In the abundance of love for me. And no matter what anybody else says or does. And no matter what anyone else says or does. There is always a way. There is always a way. For me to abundantly attract. For me to abundantly attract. Whatever I choose. Whatever I choose. And right now today. Right now today. I am grateful. I am grateful. In all things. In all things. For my best life. For my best life. Is manifesting. It's manifesting. In every direction. In every direction. Wow. If you want to go deeper, even more deep, even more deeper. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I want to go more deeper. Yes, I do. Um, Stephen just put out a really profound, explosive blog um, that's a great companion to today's podcast. You can go to stephenkenyon.com to read that. And um, do text KINETIC to 844-844-0049. And I guess we really are heading into the weekend. We really are. Yeah. In a weekend that's filled with delight. Yes. And the delight of the dance. <laughs> I love it. The delight of the dance. Yeah. Yes, a perfect dancing weekend. Enjoy the art. Enjoy the beauty. Enjoy the colors. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the rain. Just yeah. enjoy. Yes. Sending out so much love and so much light to all the KB creators all around the world. And thanks, as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.